to the edition of Born in Trouble. Actually trying to record this live right now. First time ever. I'm here with my guest, Rob Brooks, my co-host, Rob Brooks. How you doing? What's going on, man? What's going on? Thank you for helping me out on this Friday afternoon. As you know, um, you and Grant were privy to the last two recordings, which were last night, which let's just say I'm cool culties. Yeah, but man, was that funny. Yeah, Including the part where you had technical difficulties. Yeah. Grant missed the second time. <laughs> okay, I got to see you get the look twice. Yeah, well, you know, you only live once, man, and I'm not afraid of admitting that I made one mistake in life. It's only the second time ever, so why not? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, I got five right on top of my head. <laughs> See, this is why This is why when I was considering doing this show, as I've said on previous shows, I considered leaving you out of this show completely. Because I, you I have, hear you. I hear you know you. where all the bodies are buried, bro. Oh, you know where yo, the bodies are buried. Me. There, there are some days that I don't, even I don't enjoy my company, but you know what? <laughs> I get back up, I look in the mirror and go, you know what? It's not bad. Yeah, you're, you're going you're, you're gonna, you're gonna to survive this. You actually share that in common. We've shared that in common for years where, you know, a lot of people, you know, we may not be their flavor, but it's, it's okay, but I'll be somebody's flavor. Yeah, it's a, it's all right. I mean, I, I just spent my, I just spent antagonizing incels online all, all day. So it necessarily, uh, I'm not exactly like blinks. <laughs> you know, I, I went, I went in the other direction, you know, I went to physical therapy, tried to try to rebuild my body back up, like, you know. Oh, self-improvement. More That's... wholesome direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? We have to. Like, everybody's got to do as much as they can to get as healthy as they can because the Texans, they are coming. Oh, fuck yeah. Those wild, those wild people down in Texas are spreading COVID all throughout the land. Yeehaw! The stars at night are big and bright. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Did you just give me the three claps? If you say the stars at night are big and bright, you got to do the claps. Yeah, that's true. I'm Deep. pretty sure that if you don't, they drive you right to the border. Yeah, well, <laughs> the borders are wide open now, thanks to Joe Biden. Or at least that's what he. Well, they, they don't drive you to that border because oh, I mean, no. remember they were Mexicans when this all started. That's... They drive you to the they drive you to the Arkansas border. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they, make you, they, they take you and make you deal with other Americans. <laughs> It does seem like a feat worse than going to Mexico right now. And if you and if you doubt that, ask Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. The guy came out of like making jokes about Can- Cancun. Who Ted Ted Cruz doesn't have a sense of humor. Oh, whatever. He's got to get better writers, man. <laughs> he's got to hire better writers. Well, it starts with the material that he's working with. And the material of of abandoning abandoning your posts. For a poolside cabana and a bunch of 17-year-old girls that go to high school with your daughter. That's not really a good look anywhere you slice it. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, he had some writers who could deflect that and, you know, come up with some excuses better than throwing your kids under the bus. Well, you know, that's what some people have kids for. They throw them under the bus. And that's why there are all these angry adults in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Very true. Uh, I, I, you know, I am not, you know, you know me, I get free associative. There's an interview in, um, I believe it's Vanity Fair, and Rudy Giuliani's daughter speaks out about some things. Ooh, she and clearly, 
She's trying to get back at her parents. <laughs> she hates him. She's hated him for years, for decades. Oh yeah, and 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 you know the the article. Just gonna, I'm gonna tell people to go there and read it for themselves. And what she's saying, there's nothing bad about it. Like mm-hmm. I encourage people to to press that lifestyle. I know lots of people who who do stuff like that, and God bless them. Mm. Um, but when your dad is that guy with that reputation. For you to go in public and talk about, you know, that. What does she do? Um, so she's a unicorn. What so she likes to, she um, she joins other couples in bed. Oh. Oh. Um, to get the love that she didn't get at home. You know, she joins other couples in bed and, mm. you know, she goes, she always felt that she might be gender fluid um, mm. in that regard. And, you know, now she's, she's taken up that lifestyle. And you know it's awesome, but like I said, when your when your dad is that guy with that reputation, mm-hmm. the only reason why you're going to Vanity Fair to talk about that is because you want to make sure that you know you didn't get a chance to tell him over Thanksgiving, so you're <laughs> making sure he gets to read it now. How can we get to hear about Cuomo and we don't get to hear about this? This is like much more, I guess, because she's she's like um, considered to be a liberal gone wrong. A conservative, you know, she's not conservative really a conservative. Gone yeah, she voted for Biden. She voted for Biden. And that yeah. explains it. You know, they're freaks. They're freaks. So, yeah. <laughs> she's a unicorn. Thanks to no one. <laughs> <laughs> she's a unicorn. All these horns going around here. Texas, man, she can't do that. She can't do that in Texas, though. Or she can, well, actually. She can. Just wear a mask. Well, Nobody's going to make her, but, you know, if she wants to protect herself, she can wear a mask. Well, what is Houston? Like, Houston is, like, the third or fourth most populous city in the country? Fourth, or? yeah. Okay. That's a lot of people flying out without And Dallas is in feeling. the top ten, too. Yeah. So you have two of the ten largest cities in America who are now 100% wide open. And it's weird. I, like, I feel weird about this because, I mean, this is, this is just a large science experiment by the governor of Texas. Right. In theory, this should go horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in some ways, you want to see that because, one, he'd be getting what he deserves. Mm-hmm. But, two, it sort of justifies what we've been doing this last year. Right. Um, if it doesn't go wrong, then the rest of us are sitting around going, well, what the F have we been doing for the last year? Right. Like, and why have we been doing this for the last year? So it's kind of a precarious position for the rest of America. Well, we're in a trial and error um, situation with everything. You know, we had Winston on the show and he has expressed his feelings about the vaccine, which is not really a vaccine. It's like a test study. We all we all know it's a test study. And if you look at it with these hospitals, people that I know that have worked in hospitals, they're actually gauging people's responses based upon which vaccine they took and what the side effects are, everything. That's a clinical trial. That's not a vaccine. Oh, oh, this is this is phase three of the clinical trial. I mean, they haven't been approved for use as vaccines. These are emergency use authorizations. So they're not certified vaccines. These are this is OK. We're in emergency. We're going to let you jump to the head of the trial. You know, it looks like it's OK. We're going to let you jump over the rest of the, the process and we'll see how it goes. Well, one thing about the about this is that last year we saw during the warmer months, as it started to get warmer, COVID did kind of dissipate a little bit. And then as it started to get cold again, it came back up. So the scary part about like what you just said is that, you know, perhaps it doesn't, you know, perhaps it is a good thing and nobody does get sick. But then what happens in September or October? 
what if like all of a sudden we see the numbers like, you know, flying through the roof? What do you do then? Yeah, uh, you know, I would advise everybody to do a Ted Cruz and head to Mexico, but that's not really feasible. <laughs> Is COVID less in Mexico? Or? Okay. Probably not, but you know what? You'll feel a lot better looking at the Riviera. Yeah, and I guess if you're, Maya. you know, it's like sort of like what's the last thing you're going to do before you die? Some people want to smoke a cigarette. Some people want to have a threesome with Giuliani's daughter or Morsum. You know, or, tacos. you know, if, yeah, exactly. It depends on what you want to do at the end of your life. How do you want to, how do you want to spend that? And, you know, it's a shame that we, that we're even talking about mortality in a joking way, because we have to, there's really not much of a choice. It's so absurd. Well, I mean, it, and for two reasons, one, obviously what we're dealing with here, but two, I have yet to meet the person who got out of this thing alive. I've been looking. Oh uh, yeah. And for a little while I thought maybe I'll be that guy. And then, you know, I remember what my grandfather said, and he lived to be 101. He, after 95, he's like, yeah, you know, there's really nobody alive who I can have a regular conversation with now. Like, everybody just honors me. Nobody I can just sit around and, and talk BS with and, right. and chop it up like an equal. Right. So it's like, do you want to – how long do you really want to live? And everyone yeah. says forever. But forever is not necessarily a great thing. Forever is a very, very long time. Look, if I can maintain my if I can maintain my my looks and my agility and things like that for the next like forty, fifty years, I'm all for it. You know, but necessarily being pushed around in a wheelchair. And that's the that's the thing about this about this disease, this virus, is that we don't know all of the effects of it. You know, some people have had, you know, effects where parts of their body have, you know, for example, if you have your taste buds, some people still haven't required, haven't reacquired their taste buds. You know, some people had numbness in their leg and it still hasn't like, you know, returned, you know, months after having disease. And then other people are out like, you know, swimming marathons. And then you see people just this week, you know, someone at the top of the block um, passed away from the same situation from COVID, you know, and it, it's not stopping. It's just No, it's changing. not stopping. So, I mean, in some regard, like, you know, then maybe we owe the, the governor of Texas, you know, some, some debt. Maybe he should get the Presidential Medal of Freedom for subjecting his people to being, you know, the ultimate uh, crash test dummies mm. in this situation. Let's, fi- let's find out what happens. Like, yeah. co- we're just going to leave it wide open and see what happens. So, I mean... You know, bravo to the people who voted him governor of Texas, and God bless you and good luck. Yes, God bless you and good luck on your experimental journey. We will be watching you closely, and I mean that. We will really be watching you closely to find out what from happens a next. From a distance, <laughs> from a, yes. Yeah, closely, closely from a distance. Closely, like, stay over there, motherfucker. You know, I, yeah, you know. I, I saw somewhere that where they said, um, you know, um, the new health policy brought to you by the people who couldn't keep the lights on <laughs> get clean water and keep the lights on in the winter. How much does the heater cost, bro? How much does the heater cost? Well, you know, you know yeah. Here, okay. here's the thing, you know, there's no power to power that heater. Doesn't Cut, matter. Cuts into profit. You know, that's, yep. you know, Texas is one side of the, of the, um, social political coin and New York is the other side. And on the other nor- on, on the other side, we've got Governor Cuomo, who was at the wedding and has been accused of grabbing a woman's cheeks too tightly, you know, at an Italian wedding. 
I say that so that way anyone who's Italian who happens to listen to this, like, understands exactly what I'm saying. You're now excluded from the conversation because inappropriate touching is, like, pretty much every wedding since the 1990s. And we talked about this on the other two recordings of the podcast, and each time it was definitely funny because it's the truth, you know? This like, guy. that's that's that's, you know... That's what that party is for, right? Like everybody, love is the theme. Love's in the air. Everybody's hoping to score. You know, everybody's hoping to hook up. Men and you know, women. Men and men women. and women. You know, Uncle Skeeter's doing his best. That's right. Like I, I have yet to go to a wedding where, at some point, you know, in the couple of weeks beforehand, somebody did not ask for a scouting report. Yes. Yes. Like, yo, any any hot single girls going to be there? That's a legit question before a wedding. And same thing for the women. Yeah. They want to know the same thing. You know, people go to weddings that partially to celebrate the love and everything. And the second part is to get laid. To get their own. To get laid. To get to get your own. You're going to spend all this money on a gift. You're getting dressed up and everything. You're putting your best foot forward. If you can't get laid at a wedding, you can't get laid. It's that simple. You know, now, the age difference, you know, and you said something interesting to me yesterday about the fact that like, you know, go ahead. Say what you were saying about the age thing with Cuomo. Oh, I mean, like, you forget sometimes how old you are. Like, I'm, you know. <laughs> like, I just had to hear it again. I'm 50. You know, I'm single. And sometimes you see somebody and you're not really sure how old they are. Right. You know, um, you know, sometimes, you know, especially at a wedding, like they're all they got on all their war paint and stuff. So, I mean, they're. You know, right. I, legit. I, I didn't even th- I didn't even think to make this connection earlier. But at one point, uh, and I was in my early forties. Okay. I dated a young lady who was, um, she was twenty three when I met her. Okay. Twenty four when I met her, and I had no idea. Her dad introduced me to her because he had no idea about the age difference between us. I looked younger than my age. She- Obviously, he knows what her age is, but I looked younger than my age at the time. Right. And he introduced us. Wow. And everything was cool until they found out my age. Wow. And they were like, well, you, you can't be messing around with him. He's too old. <laughs> um, but, you know, when I saw her flitting about the room in her ball gown and whatever, I was like, yo, right. I, I need to push up on that. Right. Nummy, nummy. Nummy, nummy. You know? Right. Nummy, nummy. It, was at a, it wasn't at a wedding. It was at a, uh, at a charity event. But, you know, it happens. And, like, you know, in the moment, looked at her like I wasn't thinking like I'm 42. There's a chance that there, that she might be beneath the the <laughs> age gap um, at this moment. So maybe I shouldn't say hi to her. Yeah, that's... no. I went and said, yeah. I mean, you go and say hi anyway, because I mean, you know, first of all, if you wanted to make it very simple, black and white, it's a 50-50. She's not going to be into you anyway. Right. So just go say hi and whatever. And then when you start to break in all the other factors, it probably is far greater than 50-50. It's probably more like 90-10. Right. She's not going to be into you. Right. So go and say hi. Right. You shoot your so shot. So I did. And, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm 43, dating a 24-year-old. Right. And you and I remember that relationship. You know, yeah, because you, you, you and I were on the phone one day when I was picking her up, and she had come back from dinner with Dad. And I think I said, you might have to whoop this guy's behind. Like, he's, he's trying to <laughs> whoop a little bit. Yeah, I remember you telling me that, yes. Because he was mad. But like, it's his fault, though. He did introduce us. He did. Yeah. You know what's he what's he gonna say? What can he really say about that? Uh, and 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 to be fair to him, because mm-hmm. you know, 
I had to had to drop some knowledge on him one day because I, I you know I pulled his card and saw what his his record was, mm-hmm. uh, okay. and he was he, he was he was a lot more aligned with me than his conversation was. Right. Um, but basically, mom, mom found out. Mom got upset, mm-hmm. and you know, happy wife, happy life. Right. You know, right. uh, so she ain't gonna be yelling that. at me all day. I got to put a stop to this just to get her to stop yelling at me. Right. And you can you can kind of understand that. You yeah, know, but it was his bed. But the thing is that she would probably she she's probably dating someone else close to that age now. Probably because she's got those kind of issues. Yeah, this um, is what. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, but you know, and and tambourine Chris Rock says something similar. Like he tried to shoot a shot at Rihanna, like after he had gotten divorced, whatever. He was at a party and saw Rihanna, and he said, like sometimes you forget how old you are. Like I went over to Rihanna and she looked at me like I was one of her aunts. <laughs> <laughs> And that's true. And, and that's you know, that happens. Like, you know, where I work, we got a fresh crop of interns every year. There's a new set of, you know, there's 30 or 40, you know, 18 to 22-year-olds who come into the building for a year or two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes some of them, you know, start talking to you and you're like, she doesn't know that I'm older than her dad. Right. Or sometimes like, they do know when they just start. And don't care. Like, they're, they don't they're care. into that. Yeah, you know, and, you know, but and then you have to take it upon your own self to be responsible. Like, I, you know, this isn't the place for that type of relationship. But at a wedding, shoot your shot. Exactly, man. workplace relationships are funny that way. You know, you you're going to meet people that are of different age and diversion ages, and you might end up. You know, I was in a relationship with someone for what four years who was ten years younger than me. You know, and that just that was a work relationship. Someone I met mm-hmm. at work, and that was basically it. And like you said, I don't look the age that I look. So I'm consistently getting, like, you know, those vibes from women that would be deemed to be inappropriate. And I always have to, in, like, conversations, be like, I'm old enough to be your father. You know, just so I can avoid that, just so I can avoid that type of um, interaction. You know, so I don't blame Cuomo for shooting a shot, you know. There are people that have been over traditionally over years, over generations, thousands of years. Older men have dated younger women and vice versa. Sometimes they were pursued, you know, one way. Sometimes they were pursued the other way. This is just the way that things go. And yeah, I mean, it, it, it seems like a political witch hunt for Cuomo to some degree. Um, there's some backlash to, the, to all the his his how high his profile grew in the early COVID days. Um you know, the office stuff, I ain't going to touch that because I don't know what that is. And right. hey, if he was trying to shoot a shot in the office where there's a power dynamic involved, too, well, shame on you because you should know better than that, Mr. Governor. He definitely but should. the wedding thing? Yeah. Yo, man, leave that dude alone. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even the office thing, I'm, I, I don't agree with that. I can't say that I agree with that because, like, he is still the governor. He's still in a position of power over her. Yeah. But when she shot him down... He didn't fire her. They moved her to another situation. I don't understand, like, where she can't really say that her um, career was impacted in a negative way. You know, what does working is working for the governor somehow better than the position that she was given afterwards? I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't know what happens with that. And yeah, he shouldn't and, he shouldn't have been using it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and also, like, you know, he's the, he's like he's got one of those positions, like, clearly everybody answers to you. So it's very precarious to do anything like that. But at the same time, like it sounds like he went, went to the free throw line, took his shot. She swatted it. Mm -hmm. Said, no, 
Like my com- like my tumble. Tumble. No, 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 no. <laughs> and then he rolled out. Like it's not out. like there's no like there's no pattern of harassment. Like I find it very hard to to call a person shooting a shot harassment. Yeah. Like yeah. that is an overstatement. It's not and ex- that is an abuse of the of the term. It's the opposite of what Donald Trump said when he goes and says that because you're famous, they let you do anything. You know, you yeah. just keep pushing. You keep pushing. And we know about all the women that came out and said, no, because he was famous. I did not want him to keep pushing, but he kept pushing anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not what we're hearing from out of like, you know, Cuomo. You know, he's lonely, maybe horny. Definitely. You who know? isn't? Who isn't? You know, and I think that's a good thing because that just shows that he's still a virile man. You know, so these are things that you want, you know, in someone who's like a a leader, you know, to still be able to knock one out. <laughs> <laughs> or at least try. Like, I'm, tr- you know, we, we trivialize it. You know, we make we make jokes about it. But, you know, uh, sexual abuse and like, you know, people take it take advantage of their power like that there's nothing like funny about that no situations and and unfortunately men for so many years abused their power in so many ways that it's forced the pendulum to swing way back the other way like we've gone beyond you know there had to be a corrective measure and to keep the thing swinging evenly it's gone way beyond the corrective measure Um, because now almost everything has become harassment and some of it is just man women interaction like Matt yeah. Lauer, he knew he should have known better, and he had some things in place to make it a little bit creepy, um, you know. And he he harassed some people like that. That was wrong. Like there, there's a right and a wrong, but there's there has to be room for men and women to act interact as biologically designed. Yes, yes. Matt Lauer, there. That's like a that guy was like. I mean, he had a button. He closed the. He locked the door behind you. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. That's that's kind of creepy. Yeah, that turns like you know that's the rabbit. It's like the rabbit, you know, the fox chasing the rabbit around the around the office in the room. Yeah. You know, that's something completely and totally like, different. Like that's a madman junk. And that's one of the reasons why everything's so stringent now because that type of behavior was allowed to go on for so long. Right. That now, you know, we're, we've reached like the zero tolerance level. Like we can have no tolerance for this behavior. Toxic, ma- toxic ma- masculinity, unfortunately, affects people of all ages, races, and um, Democratic, Republican, political backgrounds, financial backgrounds, it just happens. And yeah. I hate to see it. I hate to see it used as politics, honestly. Like, that's my problem with it. It's like, it's not political. You know, um, people trying to get, trying to get there, trying to find, make a connection is not political. But it is political, unfortunately. You know, we should be able to look at these people. I mean, we've got all these people talking about um, what Cuomo did. And in the interim, there are two Republican congressmen that were elected that were um, either convicted or accused of much more heinous sexual crimes. You know, it's like I I I'm for getting rid of all these like bad dudes. Well, unfortunately, the the two parties aren't playing by the same set of rules. Mm -hmm. You know, the Democrats, you mess up. You got to go. The Republicans, <laughs> it's just boys being boys. It's okay. Right, right, right. He's so nuts. Oh. Right, right. Oh, he was just, oh, he, he wanted to grab my, he wanted to just touch him, so I let him touch him. Yeah, the Republicans, the Republicans are not letting anything get between them and their power. 
whereas the Democrats are still trying to follow some of the old rules. You know, the money rules, they, they're not, not, let's not pretend that they're not letting the money, they're, they're, they're getting after the money. Yeah. But the, the social stuff, they're willing to play a little bit more by the rules and, you know. Well, and that's really, what, like, and that's really what it's all about. It's about the money. They're using the sexual thing to get people who are, who are the most strong, most stringent voices against their policies out of there before they can get move any further. You know, if they could possibly get out of them. And, um, you know, like universal income, for example, is one thing, you know, Cuomo's for that. He's for, um, he's been, he's been dancing around, he's been dancing around a hemp and cannabis in New York state. I wish he would just go ahead and just like give us the rubber stamp and let us open up business here. He, he would, know? but you know, like there's New York city and then there's the rest of New York state and New York state, you know, a lot of farms, a lot of conservative people in upstate New York. Well, that's where my buddy has his hemp farm in upstate New York. You know, well, I mean, that's you know that's where yeah. all the farmers are, but they they get a little bit conservative up there. It's like you know, I live in the in the Philadelphia area, and they joke about Pennsylvania being Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, with Alabama in between. Because, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you is. drive you drive an hour west of Philadelphia, and you could be in West Virginia, Kentucky. Like you pick your southern state, you pick your 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 rural state, all the attitudes and everything. Um, I used to do business out in a, a town, and it's the valley before you get to Penn State. Mm-hmm. So I go out there once or twice a year, have lunch with some folks out there. First year I drive in, you know, I got on my suit, whatever. I got to ask some directions because this is before, you know, I had the printed MapQuest directions with me, but it's something about it didn't seem right. After that, everybody knew the everybody knew who I was every okay. time I came into town, like because how many black guys were coming to town? Exactly in a suit, like, right? And so you had no problems. I, well, you know, <laughs> you know I, it was I, what it was. <laughs> I, I, I used to listen to the old truckers tell their stories and everything. And there was this one white guy, and he got stopped up in Pennsylvania for something. He had a he had a bad tags or it was some type of violation on his truck. And you know, if you're a trucker, if you're if you're out there and you listen to this, you know that a violation can get you put in jail. You know, if you do, write your logs, if you do something wrong, and you know. So, but some places they'll actually make some stuff up and they just fuck with you anyway. It's like smoking in the bandit out there, these places, like sometimes and everything. There's a white guy, he's telling me the story and he got locked up. And um, there were some other guys that got locked up and they got locked up in a, they were, the driver was from Colorado. So this is like something that they were running in that area in Pennsylvania. And. You know, it was time for them to go see the judge, and the judge was like, "Yeah, you guys, you got these Colorado boys. They're gonna be free. They're gonna be okay. You know, we still got friends in Colorado. You know, but you New Yorkers, you know, and these are like, you know, redneck white guys. You know, you know, truckers. They're truckers. I yeah. actually know a lot of like truckers. You know, and they're like, and he was like, shit, these good old boys. They got me fucked up, <laughs> and they stuck there, and they just stuck there." You know, yeah. so this is that's America. That's America. You know, they were, there's always been just because you know white does not always equal right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because they didn't see them as white guys; they saw them as Yankees. Yep, Yankees driving a truck. So, you know, not New York Yankees like the baseball players. You know, rings. <laughs> I always found that story. I always found that story one of the most funny stories. You know, people don't realize I got a lot of my I got a lot of my exposure to what they would consider to be 
poorer working class white guys by working with these guys on trucks. You know, you go out, you do a long trip. I might do a trip for like, you know, two days or something just to get away and be on a Friday, Saturday, so I won't miss any days of work. And the stories are like funny. The truck stops are, are like funny. You know, it's like there's always been there's always been hardworking people. And those hardworking people in those places, they, they weren't looking at, there wasn't like a black or white thing. I guess some of them were, but everybody was just working. So it's just tolerating. And nowadays yeah. people just can't tolerate each other in that same way. If we go back to the truck stock philosophy, everything would be fine. You know, my daddy was a trucker. I seen those truck stops when I was 16. There, there's too much with all of the, with all the social media and, and things of that nature, talk radio, I'll include in that uh, as well. There's just too much airtime to fill up, too much opportunity for people to just stick their foot in their mouths. Mm. Like, yo, Holmes, you're a hater. We get it. Let's go home and shut up. Right. Instead, back in the day, they used to go home and shut up. Right. And look at the TV and complain to themselves. Now they go home and they get on the internet and they start venting about all the stuff that they shouldn't be talking about. Yeah, and that they don't have a that they don't have a strong base of knowledge in, and you know it's just a matter of like making a statement, saying anything. So I don't know what we do with that. You know, and that's we do anything with it, man. We just got to ride that out. Well, it's part of it's part of a lot of that is like really like work. In the United States, like we were saying, the like we were talking about yesterday, people used to have nine to five jobs and they'd be too tired to get on the Internet. You can't imagine. I can't imagine my father, even if the Internet were um, created in the 70s, ever getting on the Internet and like, you know, logging on for doing anything or my mother because they were too fucking busy. They were too busy raising their kids and doing the things that they have to do, going to work. And mm-hmm. now. People don't have as much work and they're definitely not making as much money. So now they're looking for other people to antagonize in order to pass the day. You know, someone to feel as bad as you feel about what's going on in your life. That's what makes you comfortable. I'm just not here for it. You know, and part of part of that is like we need to get people we need to get people engaged mm-hmm. and into something. You know, that's what it says in the Bible. Idle time is the work of the devil. So we've got too much idle time on our hands. So how do we get people back to work and institutes like working and things moving again during COVID? Do we open up like Texas and just let the let it let everything hit the the shit hit the fan or, you know, you know, I'm not advising that. But, you know, you know, Texas is great. Like we can watch Texas for the next two months and see what happens. And, you know, maybe it'll tell us that. You know what? We'll be all right. It, you know, there's some some doctors who study, you know, um, viruses, virology, whatever. They're like, yo, this is what this is probably what it was like the first time the the common cold came into existence. Like it was, pro- it probably beat people up. Some people probably died from it, and then as generations went on, people adapted to it, and now it's just this little thing that disturbs us every once in a while. Like this could be the beginning of that. Could be, you know, and. Texas might might teach us that could be or it could teach us that that guy, you know, deserves to be charged with negligent homicide and spend the rest of his life behind bars. Oof. That's the second option. That's the second option. You know, Texas has its own battles consistently and, you know, they're battling they're battling with Mexicans. Um, they are Mexicans. OK, well, like they, 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 want, they can call themselves whatever they want. 
Like at some point, artificially, you know, 150 years ago, whatever, we decided they were Texicans and no longer Mexicans. Okay. And I said Texicans too. How about that? Yeah, Texicans. Find a rhyme. Yeah, that's very good. Well, Texas has a Texas has their own problems, you know, with people coming across the border, and you know, and whether or not it's a good idea, whether or not this is one thing that's bothered me about about this whole change in the in the um, regime there is I'm not so sure I'm not against closing the borders right now. Do you think the people in Warren enjoy seeing those drunk American tourists coming over from uh, El Paso? Not at all. Like. Yeah, they 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 are annoyed by them, and you know the people in Tijuana are annoyed by the people coming down from San Diego. Like the noxious Americans coming in, the border problem goes both ways. Yes, it does, but we only hear one side of it here, and that's the American side with people coming into the country looking for jobs that don't exist or looking for handouts. That's what they say. So they say. So they say. The hardest working people on the planet. Yeah. Suddenly looking for a handout. Yeah, they're trying to come here and do essential worker jobs, in effect. Yeah, the jobs that Americans don't want to do. Jobs that Americans don't want to do, and jobs that, you know, everyone was thankful for, you know, a year ago. It's like, it's funny, it's so funny how how ideas and people change over the course of time, because you can go back eight months ago, and all you saw was, oh, thank God for the guy delivering my chicken. Oh, thank God for... The burger guy, you know, because he's showing up, he's still there, and he's still feeding me my food. And now it's you essential workers don't deserve $15 an hour. Fuck you. Eat shit and die. Yeah, they were, they were, they were, the, uh, they were commendable and honorable, but you don't want to pay them. <laughs> <That's> your, right. <laughs> like, like, as if they can eat praise. Right, exactly. Mm. Oh, oh. Oh, that was so. That's such a lovely bouquet of words that you gave me. I'm gonna take those home and feed my family. That can I get some franks with that? Can I get some red hot with that? With that compliment, you know, it's just not sustainable. You know, and I after coming out of this, coming out of this pandemic, I think that there are much bigger issues that this country needs to really address and look at. And it's not going to get addressed racially. It's going to get addressed um, by throwing names. It's actually we actually need to have conversations and dialogue about things such as like um, for black people, first thing that they always want to, that we always want to talk about is reparations or a lot of black people want to talk about is reparations as being something that's like plausible. I've never really been big on the topic of reparations. I'm picking up a lot more about the topic now as years go by, because it is such a big part of what people are saying and what people are discussing right now. I more th- I more think about the economy as being one big, one big fucked up clusterfuck, where everything is interdependent upon everything else, and I think it's like very difficult to create um, prosperity for any group individually, unless you're the one percent. You know, they figured that, and then out. you're already prosperous. The They're money, already- the money is building itself at that point. Yeah, it is. Well, you know, you've got we're still under the old tax code. From last time I checked. So it's like, so there's still no taxes going out. Nobody has rushed to change that over the, you know, since we've got the new regime. We don't hear any talk about rewriting the tax code. Um, All we hear about is arguments about whether or not they're going to pass the stimulus relief bill and take this money and give it to people 
because we all know the majority of the first stimulus uh, for the for this coronavirus went towards the corporations and the rich mostly. So now everyone is finding their fiscal responsibility. That's what they're calling it. Fiscal responsibility. When, when Obama was president, the Republicans were all about deficits and fiscal responsibility. And then they got control. They got their man in the White House and completely blew the deficit up. Obliterated that shit. Obliterated. Like monstrous numbers. And now all of a sudden we're back to a Democratic president. And now all of a sudden they want to get back to being responsible. And we can't afford. If you, if you can't afford something, say no to some of these defense contractors. Yeah. They're if you, you got to say though. no to somebody, say no to a defense contractor. They're not going to do that, though. Those are yeah. those are payments. The people to who the, support them. Yeah, those are payments to the to the ones that keep them in power. Yeah, everything that's a status quo. It's like biting off your hand to, it's biting off your, biting the hand that feeds you, essentially. So we know that that's not going to happen. But what is going to happen is massive cuts to this next stimulus package. If there is another stimulus package. At this point, it's kind of like in it's kind of in doubt. It's kind of in jeopardy. But the thing is, like stimulus packages, literally, like even and I'm not, you know, I grew up biracial family. You know, my mom had no understanding of America's race issues. You well know that they don't. But you well know my mother had zero idea. She was all about being an American and we're all Americans. And she thought everything was rosy until her sons became teenagers. And she realized that the world looked at her teenage her teenage sons very differently than she did. Yeah. Um, and it took her a little while to sort of understand that going down to Miami and seeing it, because Long Island, you know, it's very segregated. Long Island is segregated, but at the same time, like it's very quiet. Like it's not like you get down to Miami and everybody's very loud and proud about who they hate (laughs) (laughs) in Long Island. You know, they'll say hi to you and then say, who let him in here? Right, exactly. Right, <laughs> like they'll be separate. nice to your face and turn around and go, "Who let them in here? Yeah, like who, he didn't belong in who here." Who invited this guy to the party? Yeah, right. Who did um, come with? Right. So I was not on the side of reparations mm-hmm. because, but the more I understand the issues, the economic issues, and the depths to which the United States government was compliant in those issues, um, you understand that it, it makes me understand that you know that is a viable way. Um, to one, help some people catch up, can't completely catch up, but to help people catch up and to help close the gap. Any money you give to ADOS uh-huh. is going to go back into the economy. Uh-huh. The money you give to corporations goes into a fund somewhere and it lets money build upon itself. Right. When For- you give tax breaks to the rich, all they do is put that money in a bank somewhere and it doesn't circulate anymore. Yeah. For the next generation. Like, you give money ADOS, that money will circulate through the economy. That's going to go to small businesses. It's going to go to appliance stores. It's going to go to buy houses. It's going to go to pay off debt. Like that money will help re-energize the economy. So as I get older, I get more and more behind the fact that, you know, we could probably use some reparations. Probably could because people are not people are not reinvesting in they're not investing in people. People mm-hmm. are investing in stocks, they're investing in um their savings themselves but they're not investing in people and Which, that's what we really know, need holla, holla at your boy because you know you since we started doing this podcast you know uh one of the brothers who does this is the financial guy mm-hmm. and he's really gotten my eye back on the ball in terms of building uh my nest egg up for 
my retirement and for, you know, my daughter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're not saying there's anything wrong with building your nest egg, no. or, but in terms of stimulating the economy, you have to get money into the hands of regular people. Given these tax cuts to the rich, they just put it in the bank. Right. Money needs to circulate. It used to be a, it used to be a thing. The, the whole conversation nowadays is not about money circulating. It's about who's worthy of having any money whatsoever. And that's not a healthy. I've been saying this for over like 12 years. It's not a matter of whether or not you are what your political leanings are. It's a simple fact that dollars don't have a political part. You know, the economy is what it is. The more people that have money, the more money that's circulating in the economy, the more prosperity that you have in the world or in your region. And what we've seen is we've seen a terraforming of that now. And people need to be very careful because we've seen the terraforming of it because they're, they've been slowly planning to get rid of jobs. And they've been slowly getting rid of jobs. And jobs are just a, another name for people. So every time, for example, I worked, in, I worked at um, Citibank, you know, for a very long time. And I worked in one of the offices in Citibank doing something with, you know, credit. I couldn't get that job anymore because that job doesn't exist here. No, that job's overseas somewhere. That guy's got an accent when you call in now. Exactly. That job is, it exists someplace else. Because I wish I had cheaper. thought about it while you were working there because I'd have tried to get you to lower my credit, my, uh, my rate. <laughs> I helped some brothers out. I helped mostly. I didn't even think about it then. I helped some people out mostly in, uh, you know, now I can say it. I guess statute of limitations must be well off. But, you know, just some people that, you know, were in the military that I knew, black and white guys. Mm-hmm. And when they came across my desk and everything, they got they got benefits and bonuses that they didn't realize that they were entitled to. Because they weren't. It wasn't a typo. It mm-hmm. was your boy. You know, some of the guys that we played sports with, you know, some of the guys that we knew around the way. You know, because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at your, look at your peoples. So... And my peoples are not just like, you know, my peoples. They're my peoples. So some of you motherfuckers will never be my peoples. You better believe that. <laughs> but he's saying it with love, though. I do say it with love. You, you still got love. I do, you, still I want, do. you still want you to eat and breathe, just not at his table. Yeah, you know, it's like a lot of it. I was I was going through this this conversation with these dudes, and they we have different points of view. You know, I'm sure some of these guys, they think we like, they love to see me ended. You know, I don't want to see that. I just, you know, I have my I have my own life, which is pretty cocoon. Problem usually comes when other people come into my cocoon and cause problems belong there. So I want you gone. I want the same freedom that every has, which is freedom to to enter uh, mingle with people that I like, and to tell the rest of you to fuck off. Is that wrong? No, and Freedom 90 was a really good song by George Michael, too. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. Freedom. <laughs> he cried. I mean, it was an all-star video, obviously. The, 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 the video was obviously, you know, um, genre-altering uh, with all the supermodels in it. Yes, yes, but, yes. But it's a really funky song. Like, it's still on a couple of my, uh, my playlists. Well, George Michael was an innovator. He used probably six or seven of the top models of the time as his personal beard. And that, that, that was not done at that point. It had been done on a, on a level with one person, maybe your wife might be your beard, 
but George Michael used all of the fashion industry as his beard. Basically, though, then he would go out and get twisted and then do something to file all that work. Yes, this publicist that's a, that's, had a tough job. It is, a, you know, hard life to live, though. Like, imagine having to bury your identity your whole life while you're out in public just pretending to be something you're not. I couldn't imagine well, having to keep that up all day, every day. A lot of people feel like that was better. Like, that's a better way of life. You know, you'd rather not... You'd rather, like, personally, my feeling on the subject is that I have no problem with anyone pretty much being whoever they are and everything, but a lot of people don't feel that way. They don't want to see it anywhere around. It's the same thing with black people. You know, the reverse part of that, though, is that when I see these activists from um, LGBTQ and they start talking about things that you don't know about, like oppression or being like, you know, you're talking to a black man in his 50s. You can't really... Not really much you could really school me about, about racism and oppression and, like, yeah, like ruling this stuff. And I think that a lot of people get upset when you even talk about these things. But, you know, the reality of it is that we spend most of our time, most of our lives just, like, you know, turning our heads and ignoring that shit. You know, so it's like if you've heard me talk, like, one or two times about something that's in, that's a, that is a direct attack to my blackness or two black people just imagine the hundreds of times that I basically just let it slide. Let it slide. Like I ain't got time for that today. Just don't. Just don't. Yeah. You know, you just like move on. It's not interesting. It's not something I'm interested in doing on any, on any level. I'm not interested in wasting my time arguing. You know, I, I don't want to argue with anyone about my value, for example, you know, I'll let you do that. You know, you can worry about what you assign my value to. And, you know, since I probably never see you or meet you in person and everything, that's probably unnecessary. And, you know, there there's a saying that what other people think about you is none of your business. Mm-hmm. And that's right. Mm-hmm. Like, I, this, that's what you think. You know, you could have kept that to yourself. I'm going to keep it moving. Yeah, but that's not the world today. Today the world is like, you know, I have to, you know, I've got to let them know. Like, you know, the reality is that you're only important to you. You know, you're an important, you're as important to you and the people that are close to you. This like, you know, false narrative that there are a hundred or a thousand people that are standing around waiting to uplift you in their arms and elevate you is exactly that. It's a fantasy. None of this stuff has happened. No one ever took the steel worker in the 1950s in Scranton, PA and lifted him up and carried him home at the end of the day and thanked him for, like, you know, the day that he did. He trudged his own ass home. He sat down with his own wife, dealt with the same things that everyone else did. Life is not promised to you to be easy. It's not. And this narrative that people believe that it is promised to you, that it is supposed to be easy, is just, like, it's the problem with the world today. This woman who feels like, Cuomo should not have even attempted to woo her whatsoever. She's kind of part of the problem because it could just as easily. I have sisters. I have a sister and she was very pretty, you know, and men used to try to hit on her when she was young years and years ago before she was married. And she would just be like, all right, well, cut it out. 
You know, I, I thought you were going to go into a years and years and years and years ago and make Adrian sound like she was a thousand. Well, that wouldn't be well received. I, I was that's that I was going to say that will cost you at Thanksgiving dinner this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, Thanksgiving dinner is already you'll in, pay for that. It's already it's already in jeopardy. We haven't been, we don't do the we don't do COVID fest. You know, even though she did tell me that she did hit me up and tell me that she was uh, probably planning on taking the vaccine when she could and yeah. everything, but. I'm still not, I'm still where I'm at. I'm going to, I'm going to follow my protocols at this point in time. I'm not interested in like, uh, just getting along to do what everyone else says. I'm going to follow the science. I'm going to pay attention to what they're doing and I'm going to draw my own conclusions because I have a brain and I can think and I can make decisions for myself and hopefully they'll be right decisions. And if not, then we'll find out. Like we'll find out with Texas. Yeah, we'll see what Texas does. By the way, I have to. I I, I hate to ask you this question, you know, because it see, it'll seem like I'm being a wise ass. Because that's you sure. know most of the most of the time that we're interacting, that's you know sure. where I am. I can tell but, you hate this. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I can tell. I already know you're gonna hate it. So go ahead. I'm gonna hate what? Uh, whatever you're about to. Whatever about whatever you're about to ask me. Just, I'm just you're absolved sure you in advance. Go ahead. I'm just making sure that you hit the record button this you know, time. It's, this, it's, this is about the point last night where you turned to us and said, "Oh, bro, I got bad news." This is like this is like when a person says, "With all due respect," just because you say "with all due respect" does not take away whatever it is you're about to say. But go ahead, Rob. Go ahead. No, I'm just making sure that you get the request. This, is, this is about the... Okay, just making sure. I did, I did. We're recording and we're actually going out live. I don't know okay. where. I don't know where. Maybe on Spreaker's platform, maybe somebody's listening. I don't okay. know. I don't think that we have that type of... We've got the type of... Oh, Spreaker. Mm-hmm. You know. Opportunity out the wheels. It's like when you buy a new Corvette. You know, you want to drive it out there. You want to take it out there. And you want to hit 120, 130 on a straight road where you can find it. So yeah. we're testing out the live to see how it works. It's more, it's not really about the audience. It's more about you. You're just, you know, building the platform, trying go. to see its functionality. There you go. Not sure if, you know, I necessarily, am, I'm not sold on them yet. You know, I did promise to say something negative about PayPal on every show. I haven't actually covered that yet. PayPal sucks, by the way. Yeah, yeah but you know what? You need to put that one down. There's no need to carry that weight. They'll eat your food. <laughs> they will eat your food. <laughs> there's, there's no need to carry that weight. Don't be a grudge carrier. I'm still mad. Yeah, it's easy. To, it's easy for you to say. It's not your 55 bucks. It's not your 55 bucks, bro. And it's the principle of it. Somebody could sit there and say, yeah, well, you've got 55 bucks. That's not the fucking point. It's not the point. It was mine. Mine. And now it's theirs. Nah. And, you know, you can say nasty things about them every day for the next thousand years, and it'll still be theirs. Yeah, so, Rob. You may be so, right, but I'm still going to be a bitch about it. Go ahead, Rob. Okay. You started to say something. You started, Is that no, what you I, wanted to say about the... I, I just wanted to make sure you hit the record button. Yes. Oh, that was it. Okay. That, yeah, that was, was all. Was it. I just wanted to make sure that we didn't have to start all over again no, like we did that, last no, night. No, thank you. We lost, a, we lost a, actually, that second show was actually a pretty good show. No, I'm sorry that one got lost in the ends of the wind. No one will ever hear that. Mr. Lancaster with fine attitude last night. He was. He was. I had a nice soapbox, too. A nice little soapbox I jumped on. But, you know, what are you going to do? It's like Cuomo. 
You shoot your shot. Sometimes it works. Sometimes you end up on. <laughs> Can't win, man. I don't know what's right or wrong with Cuomo. I don't know what to say. I think there might be there might there might who knows there could be a little of each. It doesn't have to be one or the other. He can there can be a couple of occasions where he behaved um, based on his title inappropriately, based on like if it was just a regular guy and a regular girl in an office, it could have been fine. But because he was the governor and he is the head of the snake, like he just couldn't engage in that behavior. And then some of the other stuff like the wedding that might just be people going a little bit too far. Like that might be just people piling on. Like it's, I don't hear a foul in that one. It's tough to get laid in New York if you hold high office. Look at what happened to uh, who was the guy that was pulling this putt all the time? Um, the senator, the uh, guy that sent the uh, pictures, An- Anthony Weiner, the yeah, the, Wiener. the unfortunately named Anthony Weiner. Yeah, perfectly like, named. Perfectly you know, named. There, you know, there could there could be some point to that. You know, babbling Brooks. Anthony Weiner always pulling on his pud. Always pulling on his pud, man. Guy, tough, man. It's tough to hold high office in the United States, or in, I guess in New York, I should say, in New York, because other places you can actually rape people and like still win election. You know, you can actually like yeah, but it's becoming more and more, more and more. Those people are starting to come down. Really, um, Jim Jeffries and, and, isn't down. Not yet. And he wrestled boys. Not yet. He's 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 a tough case. But you know, Boy, every time he? I see every time I see the story of some Republican congressman who voted against gay rights getting, you know, locked up for a male prostitute, you know, it warms my heart a little bit. It does. It really does. It makes me wanna it makes me wanna like, you know makes me believe in the system. It makes me want to like you know like build a time machine and find Carlos and give him a high five, Psh, you know, another well, one, Dan. You go down to Tampa, give Carlos a high five. Hey, I like Carlos, man. Yeah. He's a cool dude. He's saying you know he's saying every year you know he did the the whole Valentine's Day thing. He would sing you know you'd give him a couple of bucks and he'd sing to your girlfriend for you. What do you, I I sang to my girlfriend myself, bro. So I did. You know, I outsourced. I'm just trying to you know I'm trying to help the economy, man. Always. Yeah, yeah. I, I I outsourced. Oh, Gene is calling me now. Yeah. Yeah, Gene's calling me. I'm gonna tell him we're live. He can always pop in if he wants to. If just, he wants just, to. Just He's in time. Just in time at the end. Thanks, Gene. Thanks, Gene. That's my boy, though. Yeah, man. Like you know, Carlos is a Carlos is a cool dude. I spoke to him like you know a few years ago. It was a funny conversation. Because, like, yeah. you know, I'll admit, I was, you know, well, you've already outed me as being in chorus before when I was, like, in eighth grade. And I spoke to him, and we had a conversation about what he was doing. It was probably, like, ten years ago. Yeah. You know, it was a long time ago. And um, I'm talking about another guy, and I I apologized to him because I thought that I had been, you know, that I was, like, wrong towards him at one point, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, no, that wasn't me. That was, like, someone else. And he was like, you want his number? I was like, no, I don't like him. truth was i I didn't like him i didn't like like the other guy it's like he just always like and it wasn't like anything personal it wasn't like you Mm. know i just didn't like him 
Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that runs you into the tough in a tough situation sometimes because every once in a while there's a person and it has nothing to do with their race or their sexual orientation, whatever. You just don't like their energy. I just don't like bottom they're giving off. Like we don't vibe. Yeah, that was just basically it. It was like blame it on whatever you want. We just don't vibe. Right. It's not a dickhead. We don't get you. It's a dickhead thing, but it's not a dickhead thing. You know, it's a different type of different type of hatred there. You know, or it's not even hatred. It's just like hate is a strong word. I really it is a don't, very strong word. I don't really hate people and everything. I just could do without certain people. You know, I'd rather, like, you know, you, I I could, like, I could probably spend, like, you know, days and days with you on hand. And, you know, but we know when we get on each other's nerves. You go yeah. take a walk. I go take a walk. <laughs> everything, we come back, and that's it. You, you know? know, and now, you know, this, as, as the relationship has evolved, you know, we get on each other's nerves. We can just smoke a peace pipe. There you go. There you go. Took a long time to get you there, but you got you. But you got there, bro. Pipe. Like, yo, bro, let's pipe. go outside and spark this up and it's change good. our attitudes a little bit. Well, it was it was necessary, man. It was necessary. I respect you for holding out so long. I I couldn't do the alcohol. The alcohol was killing me. That just like, it, it was killing me too. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was too stupid <laughs> to listen to it. You were like decades later. Oh. You know? You were telling me stories, I'd be like, wow, man, that's pretty impressive. And I used to think to myself, like, how the fuck did I do that? You know, how did I do it? I you could. almost killed yourself in a park one night. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. I fell face first on concrete. Yeah. Where I live. Good thing I'm hard. I'm hard headed. That was. That was very funny. That was epic. 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 Only because. You know, and we all do this. You turn into a little child. As soon as you got injured, you turn into a little child. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was. You rolled over. Oh, uh, oh, Rob. I uh, fell out. Yeah. <laughs> Take me to the tooth doctor. I hurt my knee. <laughs> and yet I live to talk about live. it and tell other people about it as well. Here's the thing. The young woman who drank you under the table at, that night, I wonder how her life turned out. I don't know. She didn't drink me under the table. I won. I won. I don't know if I would calling call down face first on the concrete outside. No, 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 winning. no. The battle was who was the, who could drink it for the longest with the count, and I won. I iterated her. But the problem was that after that, it was like putting diesel fuel in the engine around that park like a rabbit for like the next hour before finally my friends finally caught me because I wasn't letting you. No, you every were t- not. Every time you came around, I ran. I ran. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Oh, my But I thank you for being my good friend for a long time, Rob. <laughs> I thank you for showing up for me when I make these mistakes and I fuck up with these recordings. You know, I thank you. You're the best friend that anybody could have had in this on the face of this earth and everything. So, you know, I give you a round of applause. And, you know, we actually made it through an hour live of Born in Trouble. Born Free. Not, why, not sure why Born in Trouble makes me want to sing Born Free. But. Well, I don't know either. You know, it wasn't. <laughs> and I'm sure you're hoping it'll stop someday. No, well, you know, Rob, I've learned to accept you how you are. I accept you for who you are, bro. That's all it is. That's all we can ever ask. It's all I we can accept do. everyone for who they are. Hey, man, you want to drape yourself in that flag and go drive off and everything? Just make sure you remember the drive off part. You know, I'm good. We're all good. I accept everybody for who they are and what they are. And um, I hope that we can all get together and 
No, not really. I don't really want to get together. <laughs> you don't really want no, that. I don't really want that. I really don't want that. You know, but Giuliani's daughter, though. Nah, she's not. Yeah, you got to check out the story. You know, I, I'm going to have to read the story. It's very interesting. It's like when daddy issues go wrong, you know. No man has ever known anything about daddy issues. That's what Cuomo was hoping for that night, some daddy issues and everything. And that's a lot of women in their 20s today, daddy issues. So A lot of women in their 50s. A lot of women in daddy their 50s, issues. daddy issues. So I don't know how we're going to legislate an interaction out. I'm for not legislating it whatsoever and coming um, precise code of contact of when you're going too far and too far. And some people will never um, listen to those boundaries whatsoever. You know, just in closing, I, I'll never forget, like, you know, the day that I, I met them was like, I won't say wait guys. And the conversation was like, great. And they were all discussing it. And they turned to me and they were like, what, you've never raped anybody? And I was like, no. You know, no, that a, shouldn't that that should be that should not be the norm in any room. Should not be the norm you know, in any unless room. unless it's you know block D. Yeah, you know, at some corrections facility. Yeah, it should not be the norm in any room. Yeah, and this is what, but this is what they mean by toxic masculinity, and I understand it completely and totally. And I can make jokes about it about things like you know being one way and everything mm-hmm. because I would never, I could never. You, you'd be very hard-pressed to sit there and find one woman on the face of this earth that I've been that inappropriate with, you know, at any time, even when I was completely and totally drunk, you know. so And that's something that I'm proud of. That's what I'm, something that I'm sure my mother would be proud of today and everything. And I know you're the same way, Rob. I, I remember me and one of the dudes in the office having a conversation one day, and we're like, if nothing else, nobody can say that I ever sexually harassed them. And it shouldn't be that hard to say. Like, it's not that, it's not that hard to sort of stay in your lane at work. At least it shouldn't be. No, it's not. You know, there but are... the thing is, every, you know, you talk about toxic masculinity. They think their lane is everything, you know. It's like they're the ruler of all that they survey. Like, mm. <laughs> everything is in their lane. Come forth with thine pennies in thine hands. Not only am I the ruler of all that I survey, but I'm also a concerned dad. <laughs> <laughs> and right um, there it might be James Earl Jones' greatest line in Coming to America. Yeah. Which, by the way, Coming America 2 is, was released last night on, on Amazon Prime. So I got to steal somebody's uh, password so I can check it out. Oh, bro, I got you, man. Just holler at right. me. I'll, I'll let you know. Let me give it out now. It's uh, Well, anyway. Well, anyway. Born in Trouble. You know, see you guys in a couple of days. I don't know if we'll do another episode or not. You know, I have to figure out all of these uh, new buttons and stuff and get this podcaster straight. But, Rob, thanks again for, you know, coming in and saving my ass. Much Every appreciated. Time, much appreciated. And peace. But peace. wait.